Welcome back to our International Women's Day two-part special episodes of The Common Room. We had way too much to say last time, so if you haven't caught part one, please flick back in our feed, catch part one before you join us here for part two. So (laughs) there was an interesting statement by Emma on one of the chat uh, groups that I was in Asking to hear people's perspectives on the expectation that women play light and fluffy characters. She's often found people surprised that she uh. prefers to play male or masculine presenting women. And she, it would be great to hear if this happens to other people. Yeah. I mean, Meredith's about as fluffy as you get on the surface. <laughs> on the surface. Pretty much. On the surface. She can have her moments, oh, yeah. though. Like, she... Oh, boy. She... And I'm really excited with where her character's yes. going. I think. Um, so things are happening. Anyway. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I'm i a pretty naturally bubbly person, right? Really? And it kind <laughs> of annoys me sometimes. <laughs> what? Crazy. But it kind of annoys me sometimes that I just pretty naturally play into that stereotype when all I'm being is myself. Yes. Do you know what I mean? You know how you, you kind of get that moment where you're like, I know... I am so aware that this is a stereotype, but like this is just how I am. Yeah. So deal with it. Um, it comes in handy at my job because oh my gosh, I can really de-escalate. Yeah, me too. People, me too. Who are super cranky, right? Because I'm just like I smile at them. Um, anyway, so and people find it very hard to be cranky yeah. at me. It's excellent. Um, yeah. So I guess when it comes to playing characters, I tend to play characters that are like myself. Um, so I will pretty naturally tend towards characters like Meredith who are very fluffy and bubbly. Mm. Um, and I am trying really hard to like ditch that narrative in my head that's like, oh, Joe, this is such a stereotype. Like people are just going to think you're being, you know, the fluffy girly character. And I'm just like, well, I'm not really girly, but I am fluffy and I am enthusiastic and I am bubbly. And you know what? That's just who I yeah. am. So deal with it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think I think it's not untrue that people often expect women to play healers in TTRPGs. Which is Oh yeah. Interesting. And you do do that. Yeah. But like that's not that's but you're a bard. I do do that. Like of yeah. course you do. <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. And I tend to play healers anyway. Like I, I like playing characters who heal and who like I, I was thinking about this the other day and I was like I am in a fan, like a lot of the games that I play, I'm in a fantasy mm-hmm. world, right? Um, why wouldn't you try and do things that you wouldn't be able to do in real life, right? I would love to be able to point at one of the people that I love and go, you, I heal you <laughs> kind of thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? And like, who wouldn't want to be able to do that? So, or like fling magic from their hands. So I love playing characters who are mages and who are, um, healers because it is that kind of fantasy land. I'm like, I'm going to I'm gonna use the magic aspect of this as much as I possibly can because why else am I playing, right? It's just that that just so happens to fall into the stereotype, which, which kills the other half of me. That's okay. Thing. I mean, I think I'm almost the counterpoint totally to, to that anyway. Um, it's, it's, yeah, it's really interesting. Percent. So, I mean, I don't... Uh, I mean, I'm a bard main. Let's be realistic. I'm playing a wizard, but that's not who I am. <laughs> um, uh, no. But I also no. play tend to play characters who use skills I have in real life to do things. So kind of the opposite to, to Joe. Right. In that I use my like my bards when I like play them tend to 
use their words to get around situations. They are persuaders. They are actors. Yeah. They are charismatic cheat friends. Like it's, in a sense, an upskilled version of the skill set that I use on a semi-regular basis. Yeah. But then I go and create someone <laughs> like Trillis, who, whilst magic, yeah. just likes to hit things real hard, and it's funny because she's small. Like, <laughs> and it's yep. you know I. I think Sam puts it really interestingly because um, he said that like, do people yeah. per- do you purposefully pick characters um, against that stereotype? So like, um, you, like in the way that Emma was saying that she finds it that people find it surprising that she plays male or masculine presenting women. Mm. Sam was like, do you purposely pick male or masculine characters and use that to explore other things or whatever? And I was like. Not really. I just kind of take no like versions of me in a whole bunch of different flavors and crank them up yeah. to eleven. So you know, if I'm going to play a yeah. wizard, yes, I'm going to fireball the middle of the bridge, and yes, I'm going to deal with the ramifications of that because that's how that's what being an adult is. Um, Do you want to hear a really interesting piece of research that I was I heard about a couple of years for ago? One of my friends told me this. Um, they did a study of because you know when you have like millions of people playing a game, it's like perfect oh, opportunity yeah. to giant, do some, some study. Sauce. Yeah, they, yeah, absolutely. Um, so they did a study of World of Warcraft players. They've done many, 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 many studies, but statistically, they found that women are more likely to play characters of the same gender as them. Mm-hmm. So women are more likely to choose female models, sure. right, um, and character models. Men are more likely to choose female character models, less likely to choose male character models. That's interesting. Right? Yeah. And yet there's less female character models on the market. <laughs> like by, well, st- by style. Yeah, like there's very... Yeah. That's really fun yeah. as like a fun fact. Isn't that interesting? So basically yeah. what I'm hearing on this International Women's Day episode is uh, women like playing women and men like playing women, so there should just be more excellently well-crafted women that don't fulfil a stereotype. And a male guess, I love that. Yes, thank you. Love that. Let's keep that That'd as our general great. message for this podcast. <laughs> more models, <laughs> less stereotypes. I've been really lucky in that I haven't felt that a lot of assumptions have been made about... Uh, me as a player and I think occasionally people will be surprised especially um, I keep going back to like game stores I keep going back to that because those are the most places I've played PCs uh, are at game stores everywhere else I'm usually DMing Um, there is a bit of surprise but uh, I don't know I, I don't find that truly uncomfortable however I do find it a bit annoying I guess when um, because of wanting to um, subvert the narrative and because of that that pressure of um, you know I feel a bit frustrated at the pressure to feel like as a woman people will feel like they can't play like a, a cleric or, or something sweet or something pink. I, I think I, yeah, I worry that instead of, I worry that people won't just play what they want to play. And that includes, you know, 
if you want to play a cleric and you have a bunch of pets and your character is very, very pink themed, do it, please. If you want to play a character that's very, you know, shy and very, um, I don't know, I, I just don't. Yeah, don't run away from what you want to play just because you feel like it's leaning into, um, it, it's leaning into a stereotype that you don't want to keep going. Like if if you're a woman and you want to play a certain thing, just play it. Just do it. I yeah, play play what you want to play. Don't play what you think you should have to play. Hmm. Yeah, I have had assumptions. I haven't played that many male characters. I mostly play female characters, I think, because I guess I'm just familiar with that and that's what I'm comfortable with. Um, the funny thing, I think, is that I almost don't get people expecting me to be, like, fluffy, girly, light-hearted people. I get people expecting the opposite. Like, they expect me to play a strong Wonder Woman-type character or like Captain Marvel you know people often complain that Captain Marvel's too masculine or something like that that's the type of woman that they expect me to play but I think that I'm kind of a light and fluffy person and sometimes I like being a light and fluffy person even in my characters it's a little bit different when I'm DMing because then I'm going to have all sorts of people like I'm going to have like really staunch stern women who um, stand up for their their friends and family every situation. I'm going to have people who just don't listen to reason and talk over the top of people. I'm going to have, you know, little children. I'm going to have a really old woman who uh, is so weathered by the years but can't help but try and put a smile on other people's faces. So it's different from that perspective. Um... But yeah, with my characters, I notice people expect me to go out of my way to be these really strong characters. And sometimes I just want to be a, a fluffy, vulnerable woman because that's fun. And why does it matter? Um, so his question was, what is something you really appreciate a DM including in a game? Do you have any examples of when this was done well? And I've added or poorly because I actually think having both is really valuable. Um, and... It goes alongside another question for someone else, which is what can a male DM do to make their table more welcoming and more fun for, like, not men? <laughs> mm. And I think probably tricky if this is the only D&D game you've played, Joe, but, like, other, ga other yeah. games where there's roleplay involved, probably the, the same discussion could be had about those in control of that if there's anything you can think of. I think... I think, you know, a lot of my answer revolves around how to make this, how to make any kind of space welcoming for humans mm. in general, right? Like it relates a lot to what we were talking before about with mm -hmm. gatekeeping um, and just not, not doing mm -hmm. it. <laughs> just being open and welcoming and like willing to be patient with people who might not have played before or be open to listening to other perspectives, be open to um, criticism as well when like, you know, your two female players kind of say, hey, hey, maybe uh, maybe we can do, do this bit because you've clearly never been in a women's bathroom before and that's probably a good <laughs> thing. <laughs> Which, to be fair, Ben really handled yes, very well and was like, yeah, that's yeah actually no, I can't yeah. that. Off you go. <laughs> that's actually a really good point. Off you go. Um, <laughs> so, hooray. Um, 
yeah, I've been really lucky to have a really good experience, you know, like everyone who plays this is super welcoming and super like, you know, willing to listen and open and, and like, I feel comfortable asking questions about things. Like somebody was like, um, you know, I think it was Ben was like, this is a CR thing or like, um, DC. And I was like, I don't know what either of those terms mean. And, you know, they were, nobody laughed at me for not knowing it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I've never been made to feel you never like I'm yeah. stupid for not knowing this, you know? Yeah. I think that's a really I think just way. just remember like how you were when you first started, right? Like just be good humans to each other. Just don't be a dick. Yeah, it's a, it's a pretty good um Yeah, basically. Pretty good role like But I would also point you towards the the other the last um International Women's Day thing we did where Kiralee talked a lot about yeah. safety. And I'm sure she will um, insert Kiralee here going and, yeah. talking about safety because she will. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I would highly recommend going back and talking about and listening to that discussion as well because she nails it with like safety tips and, and tools and that kind of stuff for making your table yeah. welcoming and making your group welcoming and in, in that yeah. space. So, yeah, go back and listen to that. And just the fact that, you know, I think people are willing to do that work. Yes. Just even being willing to do that and willing to ask that question and kind of go, hey, how can I do this mm. more? You're halfway there. That's great. But, like, keep doing the work. Yeah. But you're halfway there. Yeah. Pat yourself on If the you're back. asking well this done. question, I think you're probably better than a lot of people who are out there. You've got the right mindset, yeah. right? I think yeah. for me, and this comes from a not great experience, which, to be fair, was not directed oh, no. at me, but I think... Kiralee talks a lot about that sort of session zero and boundary setting stuff. And I think, I don't know how to explain this, but it is really important that you pay attention to that. Like, and check in with your players. So, you know, there are days where, and we do, Indian doctors, we don't have a lot of like super heavy role play stuff. But when we do, do I get messages from Ben afterwards checking I'm okay? <laughs> um, and check-ins like that or check-ins yeah, prior same. that are like, is everyone okay if we get heavy today? Like whatever that might be mm-hmm. can be really, really important. Um, and, you know, check that oh, no one's boundaries yeah. are different on any given day. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, we had uh, one of the people I was playing with, so she normally... DMs. So we have a couple of DMs and a couple of games going at the same time on this online forum. So none of us know each other in person, which I think is mm. a very is also a vastly different thing. So yeah, it's a very different experience. Yeah, because right? the four of us, for example, the four of us and our guests, we're pretty good about checking in for boundaries. We're pretty good at checking in on each other. Like I've checked in on Joe mid session before, and we kind of keep tabs on <laughs> yeah. each other. Where. Yeah. This was a case of, like, someone drew a boundary a session or two before and then it got right up to and on top of that boundary. Got forgotten. But because he doesn't know her, it it went past the boundary, but she her response to that was to shut down, which is totally fair, given what it was all about. And I'm not going to put that to air because that's not my story, but it it can be really important, especially if you're playing in an online setting or you're playing like 
with people you don't know. So be that at a convention or at a, like, you're entering a group that's already exists or whatever it is. Just be careful, I guess. Take the first, mm. make the first couple of arcs lighter, fluffier. Even if you're doing mm-hmm. a gritty campaign. Yeah, like just gauge where Find people people's are at, boundaries right? and be really, especially if you are playing something quite hefty. Like, yeah. Don't, like, don't overstep those boundaries. And yeah. Check in with people prior and after and, and all of that. Like, yeah. Yeah, there's. Yeah. Especially, and I mean, I loathe though I am to say that women don't want to play in certain types of campaigns, but like there are certain topics that will affect women in a different way to them affecting men. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm not going to name, dro- well, I'm like, not going to name those here. I think anyone who can think no, about it will not. know the kinds of things I'm talking about. Yeah. It's just really important to be cautious around hefty yeah. subjects areas um i think as well speaking to that like women have been taught as a social construct kind of thing to be quiet you know and like i'm not talking like volume although that is a part of it it's that whole idea of like not cause mm. a fuss don't rock the boat like so we're less likely to likely to speak up for ourselves so if you're looking to make it a little bit more, you know, safe for women to to play um, at your mm. table, just make sure you're the one who's doing that. Kind of like, you know, like Ben does, but he sends us a message and kind of goes, hey, man, just wanted to double check you were doing all right. Yeah. That got pretty hefty. Yeah. Yeah. And I know that that can feel like a lot of work for people who've never really done it before or who aren't the kind of people who ask about people's feelings a lot, kind of no matter Mm -hmm. who you are. Um, But different subject areas will trigger different people in different ways. I put a pretty firm boundary on most games that I play. I am not, I don't hide the fact that I'm needle phobic. Um, All I ask Mm -hmm. is like, if you're going to have injections and stuff in the game, if you're going to do it to my character, don't describe it mm-hmm. and then just cut to something else yeah. or cut to afterwards or whatever. Just don't make me go through that Yeah. as a player. Yeah. Like, you can still have some yeah. of these things in your game. It's just about how you manage them to make sure that you're not causing a problem for your players. Yeah, absolutely. Um, otherwise, like... What can a male DM do to make their table more welcoming and more fun for not... I don't think it's about whether you're a man or not. I think it's about yeah, what your table is like and your environment. in some situations it is. If you're the only woman at at the table, that can suck. Especially, or even if you're the only woman. definitely. And you're one of two and one of them is the girlfriend of one of the other players who's only really been asked so that there's a second girl. Like, don't don't do that. You might find that we don't want to play. And it's not you. It's just like, just not the right fit. And not every table is going to be the right fit for every person. And that is okay. You are allowed to have your all dude, like very gritty, high combat, whatever game. But don't expect someone like me who loves role play to want to play at your table. 
Yeah, exactly. I think that's like a human thing, yeah. right? Like you find your people. Yeah. Um, and, and I think also just, you know, trying to steer away from the hard, hard stereotypes is a good plan just in general. Um, yes. And just watching your language. Pretty much. Because you can accidentally say things that are sexist, racist, et cetera, et cetera, obvious. Yeah. But also we, we totally understand that people yeah. make mistakes. So just be open to to us being like, hey, How about no. <laughs> maybe don't use that word. That seems awfully yeah. transphobic. Let's not say stuff like that, please. <laughs> yeah. Let's maybe steer away yeah. from that. Um, yeah. And if you're at a good table, yeah. I think people will call the DM out on that kind of stuff. They answer every time about how to make a game feel more inclusive and safer and all of those kinds of things is to implement safety tools. This is my number one thing I talk about all the time. So if you've heard me talk about this before, it is just literally what I, it's my thing. Um, Tabletop role playing games, safety tools uh, are good to keep players safe. Obviously at the table, they're ways to make sure that nothing happens in the game anyone's uncomfortable with. The reason why I give it as an example of how to make a game more inclusive is it shows to everybody, no matter uh, if, no matter how like diverse your table is, it shows to everybody that you're switched on and you understand that everybody comes from a different perspective and you are listening and you care and you care about their experience in the game. Uh, instead of just, for example, maybe a poor games store experience of playing D&D where uh, you sit down at a table and you're in and you're playing and everyone around you is complete strangers and anything can happen and usually lots of anything does happen compared to a games store experience where at the start they explicitly say, here are the things that are going to be appropriate at the table, here are the things that aren't appropriate at the table, and just implement some basic safety tools. Not, not I'm not saying a, a set of social rules that need to be set up at the start of the game. I'm just saying, like, a acknowledgement that um, when you have somebody who's not a man at a table full or in like a very uh, masculine space, you're inviting certain types of behavior or there is a potential for certain types of behavior. And in using safety tools, you're communicating what is and what isn't going to be appropriate. Caveat, that doesn't mean that um, sexual jokes aren't going to be appropriate. It doesn't mean that gross humor or, or these kinds of things aren't appropriate. Safety tools are setting up what everybody at the table is comfortable with. Everyone at the table might be comfortable with a bunch of sexualized humor. That's fine. Um, that would be my first, my first suggestion. Um, I will also say that um, I feel, I feel a lot when people ask me how to be an inclusive DM or a better DM, it feels a lot like when I'm a teacher and parents ask me for parenting advice, like how to be a good parent. And I feel like the parents who are asking that, the parents who are aware that, uh, aware, sorry, the parents who are asking that, the parents who are 
aware of the effect that they can have on their children and aware that there are a bunch of choices they can make and some of those choices aren't as great as other choices. Just the parents who are aware are already 80%, maybe more of the way, like that's all. Awareness is essentially the biggest part. So if you're, uh, if you're a, a man and you are playing these games and you want women in your games and you're just a aware that it is that can be uncomfortable stepping into that space I've noticed that even without specifically having tools or strategies uh, when you're aware you're a lot more open you you're a lot more open you look around the game store you see you know you you notice you have situational awareness when somebody walks in who looks slightly out of place and instead of closing down you like open up your body language you go over you you know have a bit of a conversation just and that's the same at the table you just have awareness so if you see somebody being you know shy or they're being cut off a lot by the role play or it's it's just opening up your awareness of the whole table and what's going on. Something that I find makes me quite vulnerable in games is if I'm in an uncomfortable situation, I don't always feel comfortable speaking up for myself. So if, for example, I don't know people very well, I'm really against my character flirting with their character and vice versa. So I think that if I'm in a game where a DM can recognize that and shut it down for me, I feel a lot safer. And I've had a DM in the past um, recognize this in himself where I, my character had this ex-boyfriend and we'd had this, we'd been reunited and the DM said something along the lines that was a bit flirty and he immediately read my face and saw that I was not okay with it and just withdrew immediately. And I just appreciated that he was looking out for me and he was really trying to make sure I was okay during that whole time. And maybe we could have talked about it first, but we didn't. I was new to the game and... I think it was just a really nice experience knowing somebody else cared about the things that make me comfortable. Well, question, I got I got asked a couple of questions about DMing, and I think that's kind of where we're right, going to yeah. end up. To, well, exactly. So the, the questions were for any of our DMs, have you ever had any issues getting a party together or any issues at the table with respect to players, which you can't really answer. I can't really answer in that no. I have DM'd but specifically for groups of people who wanted to try D&D and we just did a bunch of one-shots so I had a group of yeah. people who wanted to learn how to play like it was not yeah I, I they knew that I was a baby yeah. DM they knew that I just was running it because they wanted to it was a prefab module with a few tweaks mm-hmm. you know it is what it is um but for those who don't yeah. already DM have you ever thought about DMing and why or why not oh I have thought about it. I think I could do it. I'm pretty, pretty sure, sure could. I could do it. But I just, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I just really like coming along for the ride. And there are times where I sit there um, and I'm, I just love listening to Ben coming up with yeah. stuff. And I love having like a really cool friend moment where I'm like, mate, that was awesome. And I love having that kind of like, I'm real proud of my friends kind of thing. I don't know. Like, it's just really nice. 
Because it's like, how did you come up with that from, like, behind your face? That's pretty great. (laughs) (laughs) And I just really like doing that. Like, I think, I don't know, I don't think I would enjoy being a DM. I think I'd be way too, I would just be thinking too far ahead and I'd get stressed about all the moving parts and I just wouldn't have fun. Yeah. You know? I I have had fun doing it, but I've had more fun doing it when I've had... There's a really, um, Johnny Kiadini has put something up on their YouTube channel about like how to structure a story for a D. Well, it was either on their YouTube channel or it was through Outside Extra. I just don't remember which. Possibly Outside Extra now that I think about it. But it was basically yeah, about right. Luke Westaway becoming a DM um, and doing some DMing yeah, right. for the Ox Venture and stuff. Mm-hmm. And it was a really interesting way to look at how Johnny does their DMing because they don't... Mm. I think sometimes DMs try and structure a story really hardcore beginning to end and then you're, like, trying to drag players through it or, like, guide them through it without looking like you're doing anything, which is harder than say, well, uh, it doesn't really matter where this boss fight happens. It's going to happen at some point. Yeah. Uh, and it'll happen wherever we yeah. end up so long as we're roughly in this kind of environment. And then it's just a case of mm-hmm. getting your players to do the three or four things along the way and having them be a little more movable can make it easier. And then it's just like, how did you come up with doing that? My God, you stupid... Okay, now I have to... Okay, cool. Yeah. Which <laughs> I think might be a bit more your style of doing being like, I've got this plan for this big fi- singular thing that's going to happen. Yeah. Yeah, I would just be so annoyed if if somebody didn't go with my, like, if they didn't take the bait, I'd be like, but, but, but. I don't know, Joe. maybe we should just get you to do a one shot for D&Docs and and you know that we'll all all play along and jump on the, jump on the grenade for you. (laughs) You I will, 100%. No, um, I also would highly recommend um, uh, Dragon Friends have just started a new format on their Twitch stream. Which I have in. I was watching it the other night, other week when they started it, and I was like, "Oh my gosh, this is fascinating!" Um, it's called yes, Chekhov's Sword. I, unfortunately, um, I am they, well aware. <laughs> oh, it is so good! But they they basically just like spend the whole time, like, um, it, it's like a peek behind the curtain as to how the two DMs make up yes. one shots, and it's just. It's so cool because you're looking at two, like, masters of storytelling. They're wonderful. guys who do it for a living, right? Yeah. They really are. They're so good at it. And it's just really interesting, like, watching. Like, I feel like that kind of part of DMing I'd really enjoy, like, just coming up with scenarios and, like, that kind of stuff. But, like, actually playing it I think would frustrate the crap out of me. (laughs) As I say, Joe, what I'm hearing is you volunteering to have Ross, Ben and I jump on the grenade with you and uh, you can do something fun. As long as you do that. Yeah. Sweetie, I I will bring, I'll bring Trillis along. You know she'll jump on the grenade. Potentially less so, but we'll bring Trillis (laughs) along she can jump on the grenade. I'll just make sure that I involve a grenade and it'll be fine. That'll be fine. It'll be fine. Um, but yeah, I, I think <laughs> I think Debbie and Kiralee, who I'm sure we'll cut to now, um, will be able to tell us a bit more about their like yes. thoughts on DMing. Just because, whilst one of us has done it a little bit, um, it's not really my our our wheelhouse. To, They've got a lot. 
more to talk about. Yeah. yeah. I do need to preface this with I am already a DM, but I want to explain some of the th- thoughts I had when I was thinking about DMing. I played for about two years as a player and my campaign ended like it just it, it finished. Um, and I didn't really think much about that until I suddenly had an absence of D&D in my life. And then I thought I would start to reach out to other people who I thought might be interested in in D&D. And then the problem was that they'd never played as well and no one had ever DM'd. And I was like, you know what? I'm creative. I can think of worlds and I can, I think I can make up improv scenarios and stuff like that. So why don't I try it? And I downloaded an online module called, um, oh my goodness, now I've like completely forgotten what it is, a wild sheep chase. It was called a wild sheep chase. Really great starter one shot for a DM. It's super clear as to what it is and it's simple and it's gotten all the NPCs there written for you. And I was really nervous about it, but I played it with a few friends who'd never played and they just had a blast. And after that first session, I was like, yeah, I can do this all the time. I think when when we talk about women in D&D and TTRPGs and stuff, we often focus a lot on the negative um, and those negative discussions. But I think since certainly, I think what you said quite early on was that everything is sort of changing now. And I think that's true. Um, I think there is a whole lot more. It really is. It's exciting. Especially because there's more visibility of women in TTRPGs, um, be those actual plays, be those podcasts, be those... In person, in yeah. stores, on TikTok, all of all of the above. Um, right. I had one of my staff come up to me. Um, well, I, she didn't come up to me, but she was um, drawing something. She's an, a crazy, yeah. amazing artist. She was drawing something on her iPad and I, we were having lunch and I was just like, oh, hey, what are you drawing? And she looked at me and she was like, looked a little bit embarrassed and then went, oh, wait, who am I talking to? And then was like, I'm designing my new D&D. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, she's, she's 17, 17. Yeah, she's just finished high school and she was like showing me through all of her like character designs for her artificer and I was like you have to show me when you're done and we had this grand old chat about D and you know D&D and how I have a podcast and it was just like it's becoming it just made me so happy because she is in like the generation behind us a couple of generations behind behind me now but it's like old now Joe (laughs) I know I'm in my 30s I'm in my 30s I know darling so am I welcome to the club it's fine yeah, it's true. We're all fine. Um, mm-hmm. We're demonstrably fine. So she's a couple of gens behind me, right? But, like, just the the fact that, you know, she, was, she wasn't she was embarrassed, I don't think, to be a woman playing D&D. I think she was embarrassed momentarily because she was like, oh, wait, she's going to think I'm uncool and, and a nerd. And then wait, went, wait a second, <laughs> yeah. who am I talking to? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you could, I got the vibe that it's not, it's not something that's strange anymore, yeah. you know? And I think people are, are way more like, oh, cool. You like what you yes. like. That's fine. You know, that's great. But I've also met some amazing people because of D&D. Like, yeah, I've got a couple absolutely. of colleagues at work who are like, wait, you play D&D? I'm like, yeah. And they're like, oh, no, no let, let's like, we're going to talk about this for like 10 minutes. I'm like, okay, cool. Great. Love that. Uh-huh. Thank you. Yes, <laughs> let's have exactly. But, yeah. Um, or, you know, I've, you know, connected with people online because of it. Um like our guest yeah. for that upcoming Cobalt Caper or, you know, a bunch of different yeah. people across a bunch of different places that are harder to get onto the podcast because of time differences. But, you know, the, mm-hmm. that there's all these people out there that 
I think the capacity to have online discussions has massively helped break up the stereotypes yeah, as well. Yeah, the pandemic has definitely done the you know some really really good things for the world of D and D. Yeah, and even before that, I think the fact that you know yeah it was stunning to be it was on Stranger Things. Yeah, when and you all that when you've got stuff, women yeah. who maybe you were the only person in your social circle who was interested in D and D, but now you've got a di- you've found a Discord channel and there's like twenty other women who are also into D and D or whatever it is, and it just makes it that little bit yeah, more yeah 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 accessible I guess um in a way that that not that it wasn't before but you know in the gate has now got a side gate that um Mm. and you suddenly can see the people through the gate that do look like you a friend of mine whose name is Lauren who lives in Perth uh who is lovely Mm -hmm. love love that you listen and it's also slightly weird to me but sure um she has recently joined a table where the only guy on it is dm um so it's an all-women table except the dm and she's run into this issue where like i mean you and i probably have both seen it and experienced it joe that women bully in ways that dudes don't yeah. And she's noticed that that sort of subtle bullying is becoming an issue on her table. Now, oh, no. you and I don't really have enough of any experience at a bunch of different tables to be able to say whether that's something that we have had happen to us. Um, I certainly yeah. can say that that kind of bullying definitely exists, even if it's not really bullying, even if it's just that, like, less fun side of group dynamics. Um yeah. I don't really know what to say to you, Lauren, other than, like, you're a teacher. What would you do in your classroom? Come on, woman. Um, <laughs> but I also know you, and that's a little bit different. But I think it is really hard when it's yeah. a different thing than what you might typically see. Um, Absolutely, yeah. And I think it's really important. Oh, that's awful. I'm so sorry that's happening, Yeah, I right? think it's really important, though, to think about the fact that, like, as dynamics of tables change dynamics at the table change as well um yeah we are really lucky in our d and doctorates bubble that we all get along really well (laughs) yeah i can't imagine playing a game with somebody you know or playing in a game where there are people who don't get along and we also don't run into like issues where someone wants to power game and no one else does or someone wants to meta game a whole lot and no one else does. Like, we don't really run into those No, issues. not so much, hey. So, I don't know. I'll put it... I, I, I just put it to the audience to, you know, have a think. Like, what do you do? Yeah. How do you make sure those dynamics at a table are not toxic and gross? And it's, yeah. it's a really hard one. Um... I find this question uh, comes up a lot of like interpersonal issues at tables, regardless of gender. And I will say that I think people put tabletop role playing and DMing in sort of a little silo and silo it off from the rest of their life experience um, instead of thinking, okay, 
what is this table? This is essentially a group project. We're doing a group project and whether you are complete strangers at a game store or a convention or you are best, best friends playing a game, uh, yeah, you need to use your like um, conflict resolution skills and your problem solving skills. And necessarily, if somebody's literally being bullied at your table, uh, that game needs to stop and you need to... Um, you need to sort that out like interpersonally with the human beings that are at your table. Um, the only thing worse than uh, no D&D is bad D&D and bad D&D often involves uh, uncomfortable interpersonal situations happening at the table. They don't need to be happening. I know it's really complicated sometimes and sometimes things need to be dealt outside of the game and it, it's complicated. But yeah, in my experience, you need to not silo off uh, role-playing as a separate thing. You need to use all your skills that you have. Um, and if if you don't, if you find you are rusty or this is an area of life that you're working on skills, then anything that happens at the table, um, bullying or... Well, bullying is a really strong term, but, like, people sort of um, picking on each other or doing that, unfortunately, very Australian thing of, like picking on somebody and thinking that it's loving, but that person might not like it at all. You, uh, you need to um, talk with the table and talk it out and learn some skills together and work out together what will work best at your table for that not to happen. Sometimes people need to leave tables. Doesn't mean that person is the worst person in the whole world, just sort of means not every table is for everybody. This is a really difficult thing to face because I haven't played in a game where everybody but one of us was a female and all of the games I've played with only females. Everyone's really supportive and excellent. But I do know that I have faced this issue in the workplace where there's been a kind of bullying within the workplace and it's difficult because I think a lot of the time we grow up being socialised that there can only be one girl. I remember when I was 16, 17 and all my friends at, well, you know, not all of them, but I had a group of friends that were all male and I took pride in the fact that I was the only female and I felt threatened when another female was there because I thought there was only one role for a female and that's awful and while I've changed that, I can look on that and see that it exists. I'm not going to deny it doesn't exist. So... I don't really know what to do about it other than the fact that the more I support other women, even when they're bullying me, the more I start to see support for myself. Any closing thoughts, Joe, before we wrap this International Women's Day episode up? Be good humans to each other. Yeah. You know, be welcoming. Yeah. Do unto others. All that wow. jazz. Wow, busting out an old one there, Joe. Love that. <laughs> Heck yes. Yeah. yeah, man. Um... Yeah, well, it's it's dance, you know. Like, I think it's really easy to make make tables. Well, it's really easy anyway. No, um, you know, it's <sighs> being in community with people can be tricky sometimes, yes. right? But I think if you put in the work to make somewhere accessible and welcoming, it's so worth it, right? Like if you'd put in the work to listen to people and to be willing to take that criticism and take it on board and if something's not gelling and like really work with people to make it a space where people feel safe, 
it's just going to be the best table you've ever played at, right? Like it's just going to be the best community you've ever been a part of because you have been willing to put that work in and you have welcomed people and people feel safe and people feel like they can, you know, they can reveal a part of themselves that you might not have seen, you know? Like people can be... People can be themselves and that's beautiful. I love that. And people feel valuable. So put in the work. Valuable and valued. Yeah. It makes a huge difference. Yeah, absolutely. It makes an absolutely huge difference. Put in the work. It's worth it. We promise. We know it's hard. (laughs) Just just, just put in the work. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Yeah. And just never... Never be afraid to ask for help. Be that as a person yeah, who's undergoing definitely. a crappy situation. Be that as someone who's trying to make their table more welcoming. Mm. There are people out mm-hmm. there and resources out there to help you. Yes, You are definitely. not going through this alone. There are teams of people no. from before you. And... I'm sure that some of those people that you watch online and watch their wonderful actual plays or edited actual plays or whatever it is, Mm. they didn't get there overnight. They've all been playing for a long time. Or if they haven't, then they've been thinking about the safety stuff and the the, who they're with and and all of that for a long time. Your table isn't going to necessarily be the critical role table. Your table isn't necessarily going to be the Dimension 20 table. Your table mm. is not going to necessarily be the Ox Venture. Nor should it be. Yeah. It should be your table. Yeah, exactly. And it should have the people on it that you want to play D&D with or you want to play your TTRPG yeah. with or you want to, or the server where you want to play your online role-playing game, whatever it might be. Like, yeah, foster the environment you want to be in you know, tell people who don't want to be there or don't fit in to that. If you're not learning from them and adapting because you want them there, then maybe it's Mm. not the place for them. And that's okay too. Yeah, exactly. That's what what mods are for. Yeah, precisely. Yes. All right, my loves, we're going to leave this here. Uh, And because I record things out of order, I'm going to work out what the heck I'm saying for the introduction. Um, <laughs> and we will see you on our next episode of Dean Doctorates. I have no idea what our next episode is because I am doing this without having spoke having spoken to Ben or us about what's next up. But it'll be but it'll fantastic. Be Whatever so it is, tune in. It'll be good. Um, it'll be wonderful. If you yeah, have any wonderful women in your life who play D anD D, please tweet at us and tell us about their wonderful online things because yes. we want to see what they're doing too. Um, encourage them to listen to our wonderfully balanced podcast of two dudes and two female identifying humans uh, existing on the internet yep. doing some dumb things uh, and otherwise we'll see you next time I mean look we're, we're a wonderfully gender we balanced wonderfully podcast gender-balanced. might not be so balanced in other ways <laughs> just but, generally you know. unbalanced people <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, look <laughs> it is what it is yeah uh.